Hey guys, something that we are excited to tell you about is a company that is taking wine to the next level. If you've been at a restaurant or grocery store trying to pick out a bottle of wine but had no idea where to start, like me, or you're just looking for a unique event for your friends, family, or coworkers, In Good Taste is a new type of winery that can help you do both. Their many wine bottle tasting flights help people with varying degrees of wine knowledge learn more about wine. In Good Taste provides tasting flights and complimentary virtual tasting over Zoom. The tastings create a safe space for novices and pros to ask questions about the wine, the regions, food pairings, etc. Unlike the traditional lecturing at most wineries, In Good Taste provides a fun event with trivia and quirky food pairings like which wine pairs best with Crunchwrap Supremes. Each mini bottle is one glass of wine, so you're getting two full bottles of wine, but in a variety for just $65. This lets you learn more while committing to less. Training is a part of who I am. So when I took that out of that six months, I literally didn't know who I was anymore. I lost, I lost mm. who I thought I was. I lost, I mean, I, I definitely wasn't healthy, you know, having chocolate for breakfast and just mm. like being in a slump and, and, you know, staying up late at night and um, sleeping in. And sometimes even, I'm ashamed to admit it, but I would even miss my lectures and stuff. You know, yeah. I just wasn't motivated. <laughs> And I definitely felt like I hit rock bottom. And welcome to the Darren Woodson Show. So for those of you that have, have listened to us, we've had some, some really cool guests and some really elite athletes. I think today... Yeah. Our guest tops all of them. Yes. Oh, for sure. Definitely yeah. you, for sure. Oh, shit. I'm yeah. not even going to say read my name in that sentence. Yeah. Uh, but, but if you've listened back, we've had uh, two of the, the top male CrossFitters. I think we're a CrossFit podcast now. I think so. I think yeah. we should just, yeah, just yeah. rebrand altogether. Uh, but, and, and, we've t- and both of them would probably say that our guest today yes. is by far the better athlete of all of them. Yes. So we are really, really excited to have Tia Claire Toomey uh, with us straight from Nashville. Uh, and Tia, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Uh, you know, that introduction, that was, that, that's a lot to live up to. <laughs> he, he practiced all night. He, he didn't sleep last night. He was worried. You guys, I'm so sweaty right now. <laughs> You're past the first part. Okay. All right. Uh, so Tia, uh, we're going to get into that. You got a lot going on right now. You know, obviously training for the CrossFit games this year, which is, it's been a weird year for CrossFit. Um, but I mean, you're adding weird three years. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good point. But you've also added another element to it that will get into a, a transition and um, yep. another challenge that, that you're taking on. Uh, but in the show, we want to go back and we want to we want to understand where Tia came from. Obviously, you're not from Alabama. For those of you that have heard her, <laughs> her accent, she's not from there. I think she I think she was in West Virginia, right? Yeah. Is that a West Virginia accent? <laughs> Yeah, totally, totally. Same, same. same. But, but take us back, uh, being born in Australia and, and, and yeah. what that dynamic was like. And ultimately, we'll get to where we're at today and, you know. Yeah. The greatness well, that you I hope bring. you guys are comfortable because this is a long story. But um, basically, yeah, my, my mom and dad um, brought my sisters and I up on a sugarcane farm um, back in Australia in a state called Queensland. 
And um, I like to think that I literally was grown up on hard work. Um, and, you know, when I look back on my journey and how I think it has helped me along my um you know, I guess my professional um, sporting career, it's definitely been, I've definitely learned a lot and had like a really great foundation. Whether I knew that when I very first started, it's just something that I can, I've appreciated along the the journey essentially. And um, I mean, when I was growing up, I was very, very sporty, but never did I ever think that I was going to be going to the Olympics for weightlifting or, right. you know, being a CrossFit athlete or even a bobsled athlete for that matter. Um, at the time I was very much into my swimming, into my track and field, into my cross country. Mm. And I just knew that I wanted to do something with health and fitness or, you know, be, um, be, be a sportswoman essentially that's, that's going to represent my country in something. But, um, you know, as, as we all know, that's not necessarily the easiest job. And, you know, you have to be really prepared and committed to that kind of goal. So, um, yeah, it's, yeah. So it, I have to like pinch myself. Sometimes. So, so was it, uh, were you, what were the family dynamics, mom and dad together, brothers and sisters? Were you a, did you come from a big family? Yeah, I would say that I've come from a big family, um, but my direct family, I have a mom and dad, and then I have two younger sisters that are significantly younger than I am. They're about seven and ten years younger than me. Mm. So um, I've definitely grown up, you know, more of a single child, but then when they came into our lives, more of like a parent figure in, in that respect, even though my mom and dad were very much involved, um, I definitely look at them not just as siblings, but as, you know, my own, um, they're, I, I, essentially they're my motivation when it comes to a lot of the hard work that I do. And, and someone, I guess I want them to look at me and, and see my journey and know that, Hey, if I'm doing it, then they can too, Absolutely. no matter what chosen field they want to go into. Mm. So growing up on a farm and it, was it, were you out working with your parents? What was that kind of the, the daily, like, so, you know, before you got into organized sports, what was kind of the daily chores and what was all that like? Well, I like to think that I was there working. Um, <laughs> Mom and dad would probably have a different answer to that one. Um, but, you know, actually just before, you know, I went, I went through school, I went into college and tried to become uh, a nurse and exercise and movement mm. science um, degree. Um, but you know, like as much as I really enjoyed learning and developing my knowledge and education in that department, there was just something that wasn't fulfilling. And it was actually when I literally left, like just deferred uni for a little bit that I realized that, okay, you know, like I'm, I'm kind of hitting rock bottom here. I'm not really happy. And that something has to change. Um, at the time my parents had actually moved from the um, property because the mill shut down. So, you know, there was a little bit of moving where my mum and dad had to go and work in the mines to actually mm. help, um, you know, f- fund the farm essentially while my grandparents were, were still living there. Now, Tia, how old were you? I'm sorry to interrupt, but how, how old were you at this time? So when that happened, it was actually in 2006. So I would have been, I was in grade eight um, wow. when that happened. Wow. So, um, you know, something that like I, I, you know, I was growing up, 
I was very happy as a kid, you know, growing up on the farm, riding motorbikes, having friends over. Like my place was the place to be when, when it came to the weekends and for that to pretty much be turned upside down in in my eyes um, and essentially in my parents, because, you know, they were trying to, you know, make a, a dream living happen while actually, you know, helping the family and everything, but they financially couldn't do that and survive. So, um, we literally had to change up our lives and move to, from one, uh, end of the country to the other, to a completely different, um, lifestyle and, you know, basically make do with, with what my mom and dad, um, had just so that we could keep the farm and stuff. And so, as you know, I went through school um, and I went into college. I was always very, very sporty. So I, you know, I was I participated in um, like, I mean, a variety of sports. So netball. I don't know if you guys actually know what netball no, is. No, we Nip- don't. Did you say okay. nipple? Netball. You'll have to totally Google it. Okay. It's a combination of like basketball and handball. Okay. Um, okay. It's very popular with the Commonwealth countries, um, but you know, like football, tennis, you know, mm. um, rugby for that matter. That this thing called nippers, um, swimming, track, cross country. And um, when it came to the time of actually going to college, uh, which we call university, mm-hmm. I decided to focus on my studies rather than actually, you know, follow my passion for sports. Just because I was like, you know, the proper way to do it is, you know, get an education, get a qualification and, and do it that way. But that's when I, I, w- I don't know if it's, I, I don't really like to say that I was depressed um, right. purely because, you know, that was just like, I just, I, do, I just don't want to obviously mm. admit that. But um, there was definitely a period there in my life where I was like, I'm not happy. And I'm I'm not doing what I love. Yeah. So well, let, let's go and, back. Let, let's go back on that because I, I want to understand like the perspective of growing up in Australia. You know, as, as it pertains in, in in the U.S., it's you know for most men, it's you know if you're an athlete, you go from one step to the next. And if you want to play football or basketball, what, your dream is to go from high school to college to pro. In Australia, yeah. for for a young for a young lady, what's that step like? Is it a dream of going from, you know, high school to play one sport to college or what's that like? So it is very different um, in comparison to the U.S. and Australia um, purely because, you know, so for example, I'll, I'll take track and field. So I, throughout school, so when I speak school, I'm talking from, you know, grade one to grade 12, right. which is like our um, – I'm not quite sure exactly what you guys call it, but it's essentially the period before college yeah, or right. university, yeah. if you will. And th- there are like these steps. So, you know, you'll, you'll compete at your school, then you'll go into your um, regionals, and then you go into your state championships, and then you'll go into your national championships, which you compete against everyone in your country. And during that school period of those 12 years, that's as high as you can go because when you're that young, they don't, um, you don't qualify any, anything further. Okay. Right. So it's once you leave school after those 12 years, then you have the ability to actually, you know, qualify and represent the country. Now, in order to do that though, it's not like 
you know, you get selected on a team or anything, you have to go through the trials and, and you actually have to, you know, perform the regulated, um, criteria that, you know, say, um, athletics Australia provide, and then you'll go on the world championships tours and, and everything like that. Um, and you know, not to, to bash Australia in any means, but it's just the opportunities that the U.S. have and have provided for their athletes is definitely a lot more than Australia, mm-hmm. hence why I'm living in the States. Right. Um, I, I love my country and I love, you know, being there and, and I've had like the best upbringing in my eyes. However, you know, I was the fittest woman on earth twice in a row and I, I wasn't getting paid. Mm, purely because mm. of the lack of opportunities that were in Australia compared to the US. So um, my husband and coach, Shane Orr, who we've we've been together for almost like 13 years now, and, you know, we made that decision that, hey, like if we want to make this an actual career and, you know, really um, take advantage of our brand and, and where we are in our lives, we need to move to uh, the US. Um, and, and that's just it, you know, Mm -hmm. like, that's just the reality of the situation. Um, it, it, like, I don't mean this as in, you know, like, oh, Australia have no opportunities, blah, 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 blah. Um, it's just, just yeah, there's just different. We're kind yeah. of isolated down mm-hmm. there, and and there's reality to that. So, from a professional sports standpoint, you know, you go to university and, and you ran track in university, correct? So I actually stopped doing all all athletics okay. um, as soon as I graduated grade twelve. Uh-huh. Um, I did. I went as far as I could, which was like the top level of nationals representing my state. Um, and then when it came to university, um, my mom actually decided, Hey, look, if you, you know, prioritize your studies and everything, I will help, help you pay for that. Um, and you know, but I need you to make sure that you're actually, you know, putting in the effort there. Mm -hmm. So I actually ended up saying no to all my sports and just trying to, um, take the opportunity that my mom was going to help me, uh, fund my college and, you know, I, like I never wanted to take advantage of that opportunity. And I only lasted six months because I realized like, man, yeah. I'm literally yeah. just yeah. not happy here. And I want to get back to the, that, right? Cause we talk a lot about passion and pursuing that and, and, and aligning what you're doing with that passion. But so another question is, are there scholarships available for athletes at, at university, so I mean, were, were those opportunities there for you? And you said, I, "I've got to bypass that because I really just, you know, I need to focus on education." What? Yeah, there there are definitely scholarships. So those scholarships, though, are more for say, you know, you can get scholarships if you live in the city and say, you know, you're um, that like at the top of your craft, mm-hmm. and you know, you get selected into a particular um, school. And then you also can get scholarships for being rural. So there's a lot of athletes that may be living on a property that are, you know, getting a scholarship and helping with that funding in that respect. For me personally, um, it was, it it just wasn't an option for me to actually go and pursue that. I, I just was like, no, you know, I need to, I'm just going to stop all my sports so that I can solely focus on my competition. Um, And essentially not that I, you know, didn't want handouts or anything like that. It's just that, you know, I, I just didn't want to 
uh, rely on anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I had my mum and dad there to help me along the way, but um, I even didn't want to take their money as well. Um, I'm someone that, you know, my my sh- uh, my husband Shane and I have just done it all on our own since mm-hmm. day one, and mm-hmm. I never wanted to take handouts. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just I just wanted to do it myself. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. You're known. You're known today as you know. You have an insane work ethic. Obviously, to get to where you are and to accomplish what you have, it doesn't just happen by accident. You've got to work extremely hard. I'm curious, though, as a child, what was your relationship with work ethic, and and what did that look like as a kid growing up? Uh, well, I think that when you know when I was growing up, mum and dad they always said that if there's something that you want to go out and achieve. No one's going to do it for you. And, and you have to be the one that actually goes out and, and puts in the work to get it done. Um, and I think that that's probably why it never, you know, crossed my mind to actually, you know, try and get like specific handouts or, you know, sponsorships or, um, uh, like scholarships or anything like that, because at the end of the day, if I want to get something done, I'm the only one that's going to, to make it happen essentially. Can can that mentality, do you think as you're a little bit older now, can that mentality be detrimental? Do you think at any point? I think it can, I think it can be, you know, if, if you have this ego or this stigma that you're the only one that can help you get to, to your goal. Um, I think it definitely can cut you, cut you at your knees. Um, the thing that I've learned, though, is I think it's important also to not not rely on people because at the end, like, you know, I, I think you can just dissect it any which way here. Um, you know, there's been situations where, hang on, let, let me try and explain it this way. Um, <laughs> I don't want to come across here like I'm, I'm just, you know, nev- never – like get anything. So I love this conversation <laughs> yeah. because you're going down a line where yep. I think I come from in the sort of the same way as if you want it, you go fucking get it. And there are no handouts, excuse my language, but there are no handouts. You got to take language, what you take. Language is a, that's, you can say language. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think with this situation. So, you know, for example, I'm an individual athlete. I always have been. Um, I've definitely participated in sports, like uh, team sports, and I've had a lot of fun with them. But for me personally, I find it very hard to um, expect or rely on other people to Mm -hmm. help me get to where I am. That said, though, I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for my team. Mm -hmm. And my team is, you know, the support from my family, the support from my husband and coach. You know, if it wasn't for him who – we literally, you know, started this whole CrossFit journey together and we, he literally was teaching himself, you know, how to help me with rope climbs on YouTube by watching Jason Kalipa, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so we've learned and evolved along the years to, to make it happen. Um, and then, you know, there's been people that have come into my life throughout the journey that have definitely had a, a large influence on my performance. Um, and you know, it wouldn't, if it wasn't for them and their support, yeah. I wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah, um, yeah. and so I, even though I am an individual athlete, I have a team around me. Right. Right. 
But when I, when I think about the journey and I think about all the experiences I've had, you never want to rely on other people to get, get you where you want to go. Because if you rely on those people and they don't stand up to your expectations, Mm -hmm. you can't go and blame them because in their eyes, they did their absolute best. But in your eyes, they're actually not doing anywhere near the job that you expected Mm -hmm. them to do. And it, it falls back on you because, you know, you're the person that actually allowed them and relied on them to try and help you get to where you are. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes that, it just doesn't work. That is that is so real. That you, is so you real. You could have described that better. You, yeah. you couldn't have because in what you just said, you're basically saying, you know, how, how a lot of people have think that, that have gotten to your level is, you know, people are made to let you down. People are never going to meet your expectation because if you if you – you know, I have to rely on someone to lift you up or it's got to start with self. It's got to burn within because I I used to have a friend who used to always say, man, uh, people are there to, you know, people will never meet the expectations of what you expect. They'll never Mm -hmm. meet those expectations because they're at some point they're not perfect. They're going to let you down. You got to look at self and where you, where, where you burn. My question to you is when did the fire start or how were you introduced to CrossFit? Uh Well, can it, can, and I don't, I don't mean to throw that out. I, w- I would like to go back to that six months that you're in university. I'm sorry. And, I, and, I, and because I think this is a, this, that, that sounds like it was a pivotal point in your journey because you realize, okay, I took this path of what I'm supposed to do. There's so many people that do what they're supposed to do, go to school, get a job, whatever it is. We just talked about this and it's, you went through that and you, you know, I, I appreciate what you're saying. It's like, I don't want to admit that it's depression, but just a, a really hard time, right? It's a really hard season. Yeah. I went through the same thing and, and, I, and you're talking through this and I'm like, I kind of relate because when, when I finished uh, college ball, I went to Canada and then I got cut from Canada and I'm thinking, okay, my, my journey's over. So I'm working an insurance job. I'm, I'm working at a Christmas shop. I'm doing all these things. And it was and like, literally it was depression because it's like, is, is this athletic physical journey that I felt like I should be on? Is that really truly over? And I'm doing something because I have to do it, right? I've got to get a paycheck or I've got to get the education or whatever it is. So I can relate to that. So talk to us kind of that six months and and specifically the end when you finally said, no, this isn't for me, right? I need to pursue something that I truly am passionate about and that motivates me to be the best person that I can be. Yeah, well, I mean, for me, I I work so hard through through school. So when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about grade twelve in in high school, and I worked so hard because I needed to get a particular OP to get selected into the right university that I wanted to go, and I actually felt burnt out because I I would study during lunch hours. I would I would go above and beyond because of how passionate I was for sport you know, my, my studies weren't as strong. And so I needed to try extra hard and make sure that I was, um, putting my mom and dad's money to good use and making sure that I was, you know, getting the right VAs, getting the, the A pluses and making sure I was hitting the mark in terms of my studies as well. And so when it came to university, you know, this was, and I don't, I don't blame my mom and dad at all for this, it was, it was just what they thought was the best way to do it. But when they said, you know, you need to go to um, university, get an education, get a qualification, I was like, okay, this is what I have to do. And through that period, 
I was like, man, I can't let them down. Like I literally live to just make my parents proud, mm. to make my sisters proud. And, and I knew I was upsetting them. Like they didn't, they will never admit that, but I, I deep down knew I was letting them down. And so it was upsetting me more and knowing that I wasn't putting my best foot forward, knowing that I wasn't putting in the work. And here I am, you know, potentially wasting my mum and dad's money. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not the person that they brought me up to be as well. So I'm disappointed in, in my work ethic in that respect, mm-hmm. re- respect as well through those six months. And it just wasn't working and I knew something needed to change. And the thing that was missing was me training. And mm-hmm. I've trained every day of my life. You know, I remember, um, you know, dad and I, we had this conversation back in like primary school and I was like, dad, I want to, I want to make and, and represent Queensland, like our state, mm-hmm. um, at nationals. And dad's like, okay, well, we're going to have to work hard and you're the one that's going to have to get up early in the morning and you're going to have to do training sessions in the afternoon. And when your friends ask you to go over for sleepovers, you're going to have to say no, because you're going to have to do the training. And I was like, yep, I'm 100% committed because this is what I want to do. See, that's, so, that's crazy because that's so unique to me is someone in primary school that's like, no, 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 I'm not worried about friends. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about that ultimate goal that I'm going to work for three, four, five, six years to get to. Yeah. I mean, that's insane to me. Yeah, well, I mean, I, if – if I never did that, I don't think I could be doing what I'm doing today. Mm. Um, we literally, like when I said to dad, I'm 100% committed. It was waking up 5am in the morning, going Mm. to the pool every single morning. Um, that, and that time, like, and this is the thing, like a lot of people will probably be like, Whoa, like what is, what's wrong with her parents? You know? Um, they're just like, you know, grinding her when she's so young. It, it was all on me. Like oh, I wanted to do yeah. this and I was the one getting my dad up and being like, dad, we've got to go to training. He was just physically there, either taking me there or he was, you know, doing it with me. And so since like, I couldn't, I, I mean, I don't even remember when I very first started. This was like such a long time ago. It's just training is a part of who I am. So when I took that out of that six months, I literally didn't know who I was anymore. I lost, I lost mm. who I thought I was. I lost, I mean, I, I definitely wasn't healthy, you know, having chocolate for breakfast and just mm. like being in a slump and, and, you know, staying up late at night and, um, sleeping in. And sometimes even I'm ashamed to admit it, but I would even miss my lectures and stuff, you know, yeah. I just wasn't motivated <laughs> and I definitely felt like I hit rock bottom. Yeah. You, you um, lost your shame. identity. Yeah. Yeah, you lost yeah. your identity. You went through that process. And a lot of us go, we've all gone through it as far yeah. as playing in the NFL is, you know, mm-hmm. you played it for so long. This is what you did. You worked out, you, you know, you put your trained, you got ready. And then when it's over with, the transition happens and you lose who you are. But yeah, but, but yeah. you said this is what I did. It, it's so much more. We turned it into so much more than that. You said it a second yeah. ago, Tia. It was who I was. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. such an interesting mentality to tap into that this is who yeah. I am and this is why I don't feel good anymore because who I am, I'm not, I am not being who I was designed to be for that six right. month period. And yeah. that's, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, um, Shane, my boyfriend, he, uh, he was like, Hey, look, you know, we need to do, we need to change this. Like this is just not working. And he was playing, um, rugby at the time. Mm. And 
he went like in his preseason, they actually, the t- team went to this like CrossFit gym. And at that time we had no idea what CrossFit was. Um, and he came home that night and he was like, Hey, I think you need to like try this CrossFit thing out. And I was like, ah, oh, yeah, like whatever. Um, no worries. <laughs> I'll, I'll come and join in next time. And so I went there and I, I loved it. I was like, Oh shit. Like, what is this? Like getting upside down, doing handstand pushups and stuff. I was like, these guys are on another freaking level, but whatever, like I'll join in. And the coach told me I couldn't do it. And oh, I was like, yeah. oh, oh, yeah. oh, hold my beer. <laughs> hold my beer. <laughs> it was like one of those moments. I was like, who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> the French. But I was just like, dude, like back off. So I actually never, I didn't go back for two months because I was like, that coach is a douchebag. Right. And like, I don't want to be like a part of that. But like, I, I really enjoyed it. So it was the owner of the gym. We, you know, we uh, met in like a shopping center um, a couple of times and he'd always ask me like, Hey, like when are you coming back to the gym? Like you did really well. Like, like it'd be great to have you a part of the community. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Third time lucky. I was like, damn, this is getting freaking awkward. Like I just need to get back in there, you know? <laughs> so I got back in there. I signed up for a month cause I used up my free, free trial the first time and I was hooked. But it, it didn't like, I didn't get hooked from like week one. I actually, because it was expensive, I was like, okay, I'm getting my freaking money's worth. So I'm going to go morning and night. Yeah. And <laughs> wow. by the end of it, I was like, holy shit. Like, I don't want to stop this to the point where that damn coach that I didn't like, he told me that I was doing too much. And I was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, you're just like, get out of here. Yeah. You're over two, bro. I don't, I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. Get out of here. So, yeah. so what was it? What yeah, was it about that, CrossFit that, was, yeah. that, that you loved? What I loved was the fact that, that every single day you went into the gym, you, you could be competitive with yourself you know, and there was always a challenge. There was always something that you just, you needed to constantly work on so that you could get that much better. And that constant variety, that constant, um, you know, push within yourself was always there. It was always satisfying. And it was always, you know, some days I walk away from the gym. I'm like, far out, like, man, I could have gotten that. And then I'd go back the next day, just super fired up to give it another go. And I don't know if these guys have like, picked up on this or anything but i'm very impatient and i also get <laughs> no. bored very quickly so crossfit was awesome for me because like i i'm just like going at it 100 miles an hour but i'm also staying stimulated with all the different variety of movements that it provides so so sorry just so we can catch our bearings again so you did the six months of regular school you leave your boyfriend shane says hey let's start trying crossfit what year are we talking about here so this was in the, the start of 2013, like um, the Open, the CrossFit Open, which happens in February. Mm-hmm. Um, that was in 2013. And I remember the gym was like, hey, we need like people to sign up so that we can, you know, get as many people and win like something from CrossFit. And I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about right now. <laughs> but yeah, sure. And like it was like 13.1. And now teaching me like two minutes before the actual workout, like how to snatch. Oh, and wow. I was like, what is a snatch? You know, <laughs> like I, I had, I obviously watched the Olympics, you know, growing up as a little girl, you're like, I want to be an Olympian, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I'd only appreciated like weightlifting from afar, watching it through the Olympics. Never did I think that I would actually attempt doing weightlifting one day. 
So that was like my first time actually experiencing like weightlifting and, you know, going from like doing burpees and, and, and I always thought that these CrossFitters like cheated their movements because they're always doing like snake burpees and like <laughs> move, butterfly pull-ups and stuff. I was like, they're not r- real reps. Like you got to strip that shit. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think I know the answer, but what was, what's your relationship like when you sucked at first? And, and you were probably pretty good just because you're a good athlete, but when I you weren't. not good. Okay. So <laughs> let's pull on that a little bit. What is your typical reaction to things you're not great at? Um, great. Like good. Like this is, this is it. Like this is, um, like I'm only going to get better from here. Right. Um, I actually, I love the process of things. Funny enough, as much as I have trained my whole life, I don't like training. I, I love the process though that's behind training and I love competing. Like competing is what I do it for. So, you know, when I'm out on that floor and I'm like just absolutely going ham, that is why I train so hard because that adrenaline rush, yeah. the, mm-hmm. the, the feeling like I'm on another, I'm on another level. Yeah. Um, and, and it's very hard to explain because, you know, there's a flow state that I feel that I, I honestly have superpowers when I go out competing and representing everyone that's, you know, behind me. And that is why I train mm. just so that I can feel that and have that just, Hmm. Like, I, I mean, it's just like, it gets you giddy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're willing to do things you don't really like in the moment for an ultimate mm-hmm. goal that you just can't have enough of. Absolutely. Wow. That's awesome. That's okay. So, so let's go back to like the start of competition. So you're only like a few months into going to classes, right? Before they, that your gym enters into a competition. Was it a regional or what was it? So this was, so it's like the online open. Okay. Um, so this is, it's actually what just finished, um, like la- last week. Which, By the way, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, you just won that, right? On, on winning that? Uh, I think so, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so humble over there. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, so you get into the competition and did that, I mean, I, I, the answer you've already really given, but that competition really sparked it. Like, oh, wait, was that a light bulb moment for you? Like, I could do this. Like, this could be a thing. Well, not really. It was actually more of like, okay, I could utilize this for, to like get my fitness back to where it needs to be so I could do my cross, um, Mm. my cross country and my athletics. So I was like, this is a really great stimulus. Like I've been a big believer from day one. And I got this from my dad that just because you're a track athlete or just because, you know, you, um, do a specific sport doesn't mean that that training is only going to benefit you and your sport. Um, so I used to do a lot of swimming to help my fitness for my running and it was low impact. So it helped with my joints. Um, and it allowed me to like really focus on, you know, expanding my lungs so that I had larger lungs when it came to running and, and stuff like that. So, I always, I just had that mentality going into CrossFit thinking, okay, I'm going to build some strength and power. You know, CrossFit is a big believer in, um, in developing power, speed, agility, balance, everything like that. So this is only going to benefit my running. So I'll do this while, and I'll pick back up my running. Mm -hmm. And before I knew it, I was, I was feeling way better. I was following my passion of actually doing my running um, and you know, I was starting to get a bit of a uh, skip in my step 
And, you know, like Shane, he definitely would go as well, like for his training, for his football and everything like that. And, you know, it just became like this this fun thing that we really enjoyed that was different to our typical, you know, running around circles doesn't always, you know, right. uh, keep you stimulated. <laughs> yeah. So having this CrossFit was a, a really great break and a really great way to, to really feel that love for training again. Um, and this is though, like I, I didn't also at that time, I really didn't know about the CrossFit games or regionals or anything like that. Um, I think they, they spoke about it, but in the gym itself, you know, it's a, a tiny little community. They did speak about having their own like comp comp, um, team. So basically they would just go to local competitions and they would actually compete in teams and stuff. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to be on that comp team and they're going to ask me, this is a little bit of an ego thing too. <laughs> I refuse to ask them to be a part of the team. They had to ask me. That's right. So, That's right. You come to me. me <laughs> I, I was, I was always like, I'm going to train the house down and show them like how much I'm, you know, developing that they're going to want to have me. So just strategically like, doing hand I, cleans next to them <laughs> and squats next to them every time. Hey, oh, oh, you got two plates. Oh yeah. God. I'm going to, I'm going to, Two and a half plays, yeah, no big deal. So just, how long did I mean, it? Stop yeah. doing me. So how long did it take them to come to you? Um, like two months. Yeah. So I was uh, like, I was in, and I was like, I was a part of the crew, and I, I sure showed that coach too. I was like, yeah, I will shut you up because I, I, I know what my limitations are, you know. Um, and just so you know, I completely respect his decisions on why he was, you know, trying to ease me down because, like. I mean, I would go there and train ridiculously because I just had something to prove, I I suppose. Mm. Um, And he was purely just doing his job to make sure that, you know, I never injured myself or anything. So I completely respect where he's coming from. But um, I still was like... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so so you, you were, you know, doing CrossFit for what, two years before you got into the games? Is that right? Yeah. Well, actually, this is probably an important part of the journey. So probably, so what was it, February, um, March, April, May, June, July, August, September. Okay, so it was like uh, seven months of me just like, you know, going to regular classes and stuff like that. And I'd done um, two, maybe one or two um, team competitions with that um, that comp squad. Um, is what they called it. And there was this individual competition that was down in Brisbane. So it was like, um, it was like a six hour drive and it would be my first individual competition that I do. And, you know, I was only doing class workouts at the time, but I realized like, okay, if I'm being an individual here, there's going to probably be a lot more tests that we will be, you know, tested on that aren't, in or programmed in a regular class. And that's Mm -hmm. when I asked Shane to help me with extra programming so that, you know, I just didn't want to come last in this competition. I wanted to represent my gym and, and, you know, absolutely blitz it. So, um, when we got down there, you know, I went through and after the first day I was like crushing it and I was like, Oh shit, like maybe I have a chance here. So, you know, I've Mm -hmm. got like confidence up a little bit and, at the end of the weekend, I actually won. And Ooh. I was like, get get the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> are you shitting me? Like, how did that even happen? Like, Shane and I, like, no one, no one really 
cared who we are. They had no idea who we were. And here Shane and I are just like, just having a go. Um, And I was sitting on top of the podium at the end of it. And after that competition, a weightlifting coach, actually, this is how terrible I was at weightlifting. A weightlifting coach reached out to me and was like, you have terrible technique, but you are really strong for your body weight. And I would love to help coach you and develop your technique so that mm. you could potentially compete at the Olympics. And I was like, I'm fucking in. Olympics? <laughs> Olympics? Yeah, I'm there. <laughs> yeah. So that literally, like I didn't, the whole journey with like CrossFit, I never actually wanted to compete at the CrossFit Games or anything like that until literally halfway through the Open of 2015. Mm. The, the whole process from 2013 all the way up until um, 2015 was like, training for the olympics right that yeah so so tell us about shane's support through this process because he yeah. seems he, he he played an integral role and how, and how did y'all meet like yeah what was, it sounds like did you yeah. guys grow up together so it sounded like even before university yeah. y'all were together oh yeah so we were together when we were in school um and you know he was very sporty i was very sporty um he played like a variety of sports as well. And we, I mean, he has like this whole story about like when he first seen me, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, super romantic, but I'll, I'll leave that for another day. <laughs> we'll um, get him on and we'll hear it from him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, basically my, my parents were pretty strict. So the way we could hang out was if he actually came and joined in on my training sessions. So when my dad was doing shift work and he had night shifts or whatever, Shane would be the one that would be there on the stopwatch. And so he actually started like helping me train from since we basically started and we mm. met. Um, and then, you know, we did some long distance at the time. I went to boarding school while he, while he actually went and worked away in the mines. And then, um, yeah. and then when we, when I decided to leave university, um, we actually ended up going and moving in together and, um, you know, kicking off this whole CrossFit journey. Um, and I've just fast forwarded like at that, at that time we've been together for almost, um, maybe like four or five years. Um, and so, yeah, um, we've literally been through it all together, which is really special. Yeah. So first of all, two things there. Um, that's gold by the way, because boys now can only hang out with my daughters. I have two, I have two daughters when they are training. <laughs> that is it. Yeah. You can only train together while I'm there. If and- you're going to turn my daughter into a CrossFit <laughs> yeah. Games champion, you can, you can hang out with her. Yeah. But, hey, when you said something though, dad was gone. When dad was gone, Shane, Shane Shane's got good. game. He's got game. Shane understands an opportunity when he sees it. That's right. I can drive her to the pool. I'll hold the stopwatch. Yeah, Don't worry about this. Yeah. Something tells me Shane had some ulterior motives, maybe, than, than just holding the stopwatch. I mean, oh. he was there every day. So but like, I mean, but I, that's so I mean, and for each other, right? Like mutual support, but like yeah. ride or die. I mean, through it all, right? Yeah. Through the whole deal. And, and, and that's so cool to have someone there you know, through the journey that, that you can not only just better you, but then to support you in those dark right. times and, and help you make that transition. Like you said, it's like something's yeah. got to change 
Because like you said, you can't count on anybody else. Like you've got to take ownership of your own journey. Like that's Mm -hmm. first and foremost, but like also you can't do it without other people. Right. Because the encouragement, the support, all of that. Like, I mean, my wife was for sure my ride or die. Like no question. Like she was there through the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But okay. So I would have dumped your ass a long time ago. For sure. But you know what? Tia, I got to get into the competitive mindset that that you've had. I mean, because this started early on, this isn't just start when, when, once you got into the CrossFit games, talk, talk to us about that. I mean, where does that come from? Um, you know, I think, it's a really interesting one because I often think about this and sometimes I think, Oh, is it the way mom and dad brought me up? You know? Um, like one thing was, is they never expected or, you know, said to me that, Hey, you know, we expect nothing but winning. Honestly, like I would go into these competitions and I would compete knowing that my mom and dad were proud as long as I put my best foot forward. And they always believe that, you know, my absolute best was the very best. However, they never put that pressure on me. They were always showing their support. They were always, you know, making sure that at the end of the day, I was doing the groundwork and I was the one that was wanting to do it. They never mm-hmm. forced me to go and do anything. They just said, hey, if this is what your goal is, this is what you have to do. And it wasn't until actually 2016 that I realized Ah, no, 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 no. I'm not just going there to participate. I'm going there yeah. to win. Mm-hmm. And some, sometimes I'm actually a little ashamed to admit it because, you know, in 2015 and in 2016, when I look back on my CrossFit career and I look back on how I performed throughout those years, I actually, I didn't go into those competitions being like, yeah, I'm here to freaking yeah. win. Like, mm-hmm. let's go. I, I honestly, I was there in 2015, I was there because I was like, holy shit. Like I would, I didn't expect to actually make it to the yeah. CrossFit games. And here I am. I'm, I'm <laughs> freaking, cool. I'm living my that's goal. Cool. Like this is awesome. That's what's, oh, that is yeah, so special. true. That's that, like, that is something. And, and I think I'm not going to say you can't have it, but you have to be in those scenarios and you have to, the experience of going in. And I, I mean, I don't know how you felt early mm. on, but it's like, I can't believe I'm yeah. in an NFL stadium. Like I can't yeah. believe that. Right. Do I deserve to be here? Do yeah. I have to, do I deserve to be at the CrossFit games? And it's okay. There's a little bit of motivation there. There's a little bit, right? It's like, Oh, I got to prove yep. myself. But when you make right. that mental, come last. that's right. Yeah. Come it's last. it's <laughs> such a different mentality saying, okay, I don't want to come in last. Then it is. I'm going to win this thing because I deserve to win this thing. It's yep. totally yeah. a different mindset. It's a different mindset. Yeah. When you say there's no one that's going to eat off my plate. Yeah. That's the different mindset. That's when you become the dog and you say, okay, well, yeah, there's competition. I didn't come here just to show up. Yeah. And this is not a little right. pretty thing. Like, oh, we're going to have fun. I'm going to eat your lunch. Yeah. And that's the mentality yeah. of, of greatness. Yeah. And we talk about people yeah. that get to that level, the Rich Bronings, the, the, you know, Matt, yourself. How do you get there? Because you get there because you have this mentality of this is mine and I own it. Yeah. And, and that's not a selfish mentality. No. That's a winner's mentality. What I love, like when Matt, he was talking about, it, he goes, people are asking me and worried about what my training regimen is and what I do this. He goes, man, if you're worried about me, you're not worried about yourself. Like that's time you're taking away from pouring into yourself being the best ever. But I, I love that, that you said that it was like, okay, years, you know, 2015, 16, when you, when you came in second in those games, 
And then there was a switch in the end of 16, you said, right? It was like, wait, hold on. No, no, no. I'm going to be on top of that podium and I'm going to win this because, because I put in the work and I love the relationship. There's like, it's, it's an inverse relationship. It's like, okay, I've got to put in the work so that I can't lose. Right. But then it's also like, I don't want to lose. So I got to put in the work. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, it's such a crazy dynamic Mm -hmm. in that. So talk us through 2016 when you had that, like, okay, I'm here, you get second, and then it, it, you go into 17. Yeah, so it, it comes back to actually having that team around me. So when I finished in 2016, you know, I, I went into 2016 being like, okay, I just need to prove to the world that it was no fluke. You know, um, we had athletes, like, passing out due to heat stroke and everything in 2015, and there was a lot of, like, media on, like, whether or not I would have come second had, like, the athletes been, um, you know, where they needed right. to be mm-hmm. uh, physically. And I was like, nah, fuck that. Like, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you guys. Rookie like, of the actually, year right here, bitch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and so, you know, like I, I definitely, you know, I was, I had a job to do when it, when I went into 2016, but, um, there was also a level of like, holy shit. Like in 2015, I didn't know any of my competitors. I was still mm. pretty fresh in, in the whole CrossFit space. I knew a couple of names, but in my eyes, I was like, who is that? Like, she's doing good. Like, yeah. good for her, whatever. <laughs> and then in 2016, I was like, I'm not here to have friends, yeah. but I'm here to just be like, all right, I'm stamping my ground. Like, you guys didn't know who I was last year. Well, you're going to know who I am this year. Yeah. Um, and I also had, like, was going into the Olympics ten, eight days after the CrossFit Games. So, you know, like, I had, like, I, you know, I was actually trying to create, um, like, solidify all my goals in, in one, essentially a one month, um, <laughs> literally less than one month, um, in, in two weeks. But, um, it was like, I finished 2016 and I just, I absolutely felt like broken because I let down my team. And mm. when I mean my team, I mean, Shane and my mom and dad and, you know, I walked away from that competition thinking like, holy shit, is this what it feels like to be so disappointed that you let down every single person that absolutely put in everything for you and this is how you repay them? Mm. And, you know, like I, there was moments like after competition, even to this day that I think about it and I'm like in tears because mm-hmm. I just know I, I didn't do my absolute best and I literally just gave away that number one spot. Um, and that's no disrespect to the person who came first, you know, like they, they won, they deserved it. Um, and I am, I was very happy for them, but in terms of my personal performance, like there is, it was the, just like, it was just a pathetic performance. In, so, in my so eye. did and you go, th- oh, we got we're, we're talking that. second place by the yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not but, like 32nd place. Well, you know what? Second <laughs> place does feel like, yeah, yeah, it wasn't good enough. So yeah. how did you go about the critique? So you had to critique, critique yourself from the mistakes that you felt like you made that you didn't, you didn't perform up to, to, to the caliber that you wanted to. What were some of those critiques that you went through? Honestly, I think it came down to the belief in my own ability, you mm. know, like, I knew deep down that I could potentially, like, if I wanted to, I could win it, whatever. But it was the willing to actually go that that deep, that hard, to actually go that extra mile to make sure that you actually, you know, I was the one standing out on top. And that year, it 
it turned out that I obviously didn't want it that much. Mm. And that's what like eats me deep down inside. Because but, did, but did you I know, did. but did you know that you were leaving it out? Did you, did you know that you were leaving some on the plate? Like, like you weren't giving it your all when you were training. Did you feel like that, that, that you could have even no, went that much? No, it wasn't in training. It was on the competition floor. Mm. I'm talking like, because yeah. when I, every time I train, I train with purpose. Right. Mm. But when it came to that competition floor, I allowed external things to cloud my judgment. I was focusing on the wrong things at the wrong time. And that is what I walked away being disappointed about. And that is what I'm ashamed of to this day. Mm. When I look back on that performance, I think out of like every person, Shane, your mom, your dad, like, you know, everyone that has helped you through this whole period have given their absolute all and you couldn't for one second, for one weekend, just lay it all out mm. on the competition floor. It was one freaking ass tier and you let down the team. And from that moment on, I, I realized that I was never going to be the person to let down the team. So, and, and here's where we get to the Tom Brady mentality. And this is what to me is so impressive about you is 2017 you win your first games you win by two points it was a close it was a close finish um but every year beyond that the gap got bigger and bigger and bigger and that to me is is like literally the recipe of a goat right Mm -hmm. because how many okay the 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 girls that won it in 15 different girl won it in 2015 that won it in 2016 right and then different second place person in 2017 different person second place person 18 19 and 20 all different people right so what it says is like okay you get there and then you're like whether you relax or you quit or whatever it is the mentality changed and we've talked about it we've talked about okay the details that got you there are the details that you need to focus on to keep you there and to get better and this is what tia so incredible is like okay 2017 okay i get it i win it's not a sense of relaxation. Now, okay, mm-hmm. a pedal to the metal yeah. from here, and I'm just going to get better and better. So talk us through that mentality of, of what it was like to win. Was that, was that win, that celebration, that gratification of winning what you thought it would be, or did that drive you even further in the years to come? Yeah, um, I think when I, when, it, like, when I look back on 2017 and I think about the whole experience, Actually, I, I thought because it was so close, I actually thought I came second again. And I was like, mm. I'm, I'm not worthy of number one. And mm. I, I, like I, it was a, a moment for a split second where I, re- I thought, wow, you know, like out of everything your, your family, Shane, has done for you, like you just aren't worthy of this. Mm. And I was like, I, I, I just need to get off this floor. But then when... Dave like pulled us out onto the competition floor and was like, named me as the fittest on earth. There was a sense of relief of like, Oh shit. Like, Mm. no, I am worthy. Like I've done it. Like Shane and I, like I've actually, I've given back to the, the, the team Mm -hmm. and like, and we, we won. And I I never look at my wins as, as just mine. Um, I always think it's, it's our wins, Mm -hmm. you know, because like I said before, you know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. Mm -hmm. And there was just such a relief of, okay, I am worthy of it. And there was that moment that I was like, all right, well, we're not just here and we haven't worked this hard to just get here and, and be complacent and, and, you know, be content with this. Mm -hmm. 
we, we're going to go and back it up again. And um, every year, like I actually look back on my 27, my 20, even, even my 2018 um, years, I, I'm like, oh, man, that was atrocious performance in my eyes. And you, you won know? by 200 because plus points. <laughs> it's, I just know that I can do better. I yeah. know I can be better. And I think it's going from good. I was good in 2015, 2016. And then I, I transformed into being great in 2017, 2018, mm. into becoming unstoppable in 2019, mm. 2020, 21, you know, mm. whatever the future holds, like um, I'm just going to continue to be relentless in everything that I do and no one's going to touch me. Um, and that's just something that I have committed to myself. And if I have the right team around me that are willing to put in the work with me, then where our our future is is endless. Well, well, talk to us about the dynamics of surrounding yourself with the team and mm-hmm. what those roles are as far as, you know, you building this team and, and moving forward and them holding you accountable and you holding them accountable as well. What does that look like? So um, for me, it's about people that are on the same wavelength. You know, they take extreme ownership of the stuff that's happening mm. on in their life. Great phrase. They're, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're willing to put in the work because every single individual that's a part of the team has a particular job, you know, and don't get me wrong. There's people that have come and gone throughout the, the throughout the journey. And, you know, I've, I've learned a lot from those experiences, but I'm not here just to become complacent and have tag alongs. I'm here because I have a job to do. And, you know, if you want to be a part of that journey, awesome. As long as you, you know, put in the work with us, you have an objective, let's fucking go. Let's take (sighs) over the world. Um, And honestly, for the first time, I'm very particular about what I share and who I share my, my training, my, my whole, my whole I guess, network, Mm -hmm. I'm very particular about it. And this year is actually going to be the first year that I've actually opened it up to a a direct competitor of mine, Brooke Wells, um, as well as a couple of others. You know, in the past, in 2018, I've had James Newberry uh, train with us and live with us. So I opened it up to him, but he was a close friend. Um, Obviously, Matt Fraser has been training with Shane and I over the last two years, and we opened uh, our arms up to him, and he was a part of the team. And now it's, you know, uh, I actually had a conversation with them just before the season started. And I said, look, guys, you know, if if we're really going to do this, we're going to do it together. After this conversation, I want you guys to walk away. I want you guys to have a really deep think about whether or not this is something you want to do. But I can guarantee you, if you commit to this team, even though we're all individual athletes, no one's going to fucking quit on us. You know, mm-hmm. we're all in it together once you've committed. And we're in it together for the rest of the season. And there is nothing fucking going to break us down because the more we're together, the more we're pushing us, the stronger we're going to be. And, um, you know, now we have our proven team, which is Brooke Wells, myself. We have um, Will Morad, Street Horner, Alex Smith, and James Mm. Newberry. He's um, coming back on. And, you know, um, Shane is, you know, for the first time ever, uh, we're actually – you know, really developing um, a bit of a crew to, to train and, and just take over the world, essentially. That's awesome. 
Okay. So I want to, yeah, you go. Well, you go. Uh, I'm verbalizing this for the first time, so it may not sound poetic or, or really well worded. He writes a lot of poetry, by the way. So I do. Oh, I like it. No, I don't. But <laughs> I want to. I want to explore something with you, and, and maybe ask your advice on this, on what you just said about having the team around you. My biggest frustration right now, where I sit today, is when people don't match my intensity. I get mm-hmm. I get crazy obsessed with things that I'm after. And it, <laughs> we're just, just going to take off. <laughs> no, again, I'm just, I'm verbalizing what's going no, through my head. That. Like, I, I get it. Like, it's so frustrating when you ha- when you want something so bad, and you know you can't get there alone. And this isn't about you guys. So this so is relax, directly right? about okay. maybe it is about you guys. You got to, to just go and take you a seat. Take, yeah, take a we're seat. Gonna, we're gonna have a little. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a little uh, relationship issue here that we're gonna George's gonna work through gonna it. Work you can through. witness no, it. And again, it's and that's why I want to talk this out because I think it's I think in some ways it's irrational maybe of me to think this way, but it's just so frustrating when people don't match your intensity when it's something you're after mm-hmm. so bad. That nobody else, it seems like, and that's what we were talking about earlier, nobody can, nobody's going to fulfill that expectation. Mm-hmm. So how do you handle that? Encourage me here. Uh-huh. How do you handle people letting you down and not matching your intensity? My secret weapon is Shane Orr. Um, he, he's definitely my rock. Um, but, and as corny as that sounds, he really is that person that, you know, he's a, a shoulder that, well, he's someone I can rely on, but he's also a shoulder that I can, fall on that, you know, Hey, like, like, how can I freaking process this? Like, this is very frustrating. And, you know, like what's, what's the best way to go about it? Because obviously there's a lot of emotions and anger in some situations and he's the one with the level head, you know, he's the one like, okay, like let's cool it down. Like let's sleep on it. Um, but I think that it comes back to, it's actually a couple of things, you know, what I was saying at the very beginning of this conversation, it's like, Hey guys, like you, you can have people around you and they're just going to take, 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 take. And you know, they're taking advantage Mm -hmm. fine. But as long as you know, and you take that extreme ownership on yourself, that you're the one that's going to put in the work, they can't technically, you know, affect you because you're not going to allow it. You're that strong mentally and physically that you're not going to allow them to seep in and take energy from you. And, you know, obviously you want to extract yourself from situations like that where you, you know, you're surrounding yourself with people that are bringing you down, you know, that aren't at your intensity intensity level. And it's going to suck sometimes because you're like, man, I've just developed this relationship and I like them as a friend, but they're bringing me down in my performance and, and what I'm wanting to do. And like, I mean, I've, I've had, I had to go through it with the bobsled team. Um, you know, I was phys- like mentally going through like, why are they not on the same page as mm. me? You know, like mm-hmm. they're saying that they have these goals, but they're not doing what I'm doing. Like what's going on? And it's okay. It's just maybe they're just not educated or maybe they just don't know. And, you know, I had to, Shane had to help me <laughs> understand that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um And like when I think about like what I've done with people that may not be on the same page as me, it's that's why it was crucial before we started and kicked off this season that 
our our group of athletes on the proven team, they knew what my expectations were, and once they committed, they knew what they were committing themselves to. And I think for me, it's that's one of the things that it it was so important that I had to express to them how serious this yeah. is that they can't turn around to me when it fucking hurts and they're in so much pain and it's so hard and we're in the trenches in a couple of months' time and tell me, oh, Tia, we just weren't expecting this. I'll be like, I told you, motherfucker. Yeah. And you agreed to me. <laughs> yeah. So that is absolute gold. Oh, but, my gosh, yes. But, Thank you. Thank you, by the way. But you might have that. single-handedly dismantled <laughs> the Darren Woodson <laughs> show. It's over. We're done. <laughs> Because he's going to use that same language at us when we're all. Hey, guys, here's the expectations. No, no, but what you said is perfect because, well, there was so much you said was perfect. But the the emotional side says, why can't they freaking match my intensity? What's wrong with them? They they don't have the priorities that I do. What's wrong? No, take a step back. (laughs) People are busy. People have their own things in life. Like, it's okay. And what I love that you said, I can't let that drop my performance the way right. that other people it's still on me how how i perform mm-hmm. right it's not anybody else's fault mm-hmm. so i've got to so keep on with that intensity keep that level because ultimately it's up to me so i love that thank you so much for that it's it's also something sorry if we want to move on but no, something no. shane said to me um he goes you know like it's easy. So, you know, obviously there's that saying that goes around where you want to surround yourself with five. You, you are who you surround yourself with essentially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're surrounding yourself with five wealthy, overachieving people, like you're in that atmosphere. So it's easy to like step up to that level. Mm-hmm. But like, let's, let's actually take a step back here and realize like, okay, imagine if you weren't in that kind of environment and you actually wanted to really like develop yourself and the adversity that you felt all the challenges that you came across how much that would actually develop you as an individual if you had to really take that next step of being that leader and showing the the five people around you that aren't striving to be better just how much you're developing yourself i mean you can look at it any which way you want Mm -hmm. but it's like look if you're not surrounded by people that are going to be like striving for the absolute best okay it does suck but take that extreme ownership and actually show those people how important it is to actually be better yeah and then you you know you you do want to be surrounding yourself with people that are constantly you know evolving and and everything like that but i some people don't have that ability, you know. Right. Sometimes you are caught in a situation for a couple of months before you can actually move on. And so it's like, okay, take that challenge and be like, let's fucking go. I'm going to show these. I'm going to improve these five people's lives by leading by example. Right. And that leadership has to be discipline, just straight discipline right. for self. And, and I, I totally get where you're coming mm-hmm. from there. So talk yeah. us through that transition to bobsled. And you've mentioned it a couple of times now. What was the, what was the reasoning and the decision behind that? Well, um, <laughs> I didn't know if CrossFit was going to be a thing, um, in the new season. So it was like a, I mean, I mean, just over 20 months ago, um, one of the pilots actually reached out and at the time I was like, Oh, I really just don't know if that's going to work well for me. Um, it's a really great opportunity, but you know, I don't know what's actually involved. And 
one thing for me is if I'm committed, I'm committed 100%. I'm not just going to come in and, and take like the, the, the awesome things and do it half heartedly. Like mm. once I say I'm in, I'm in and mm. like, let's freaking go. So, you know, I wanted to make sure I'm fair on the team as well, that they're going to get my absolute best. Um, and then once, you know, CrossFit, a lot of things happened last year, obviously COVID happened and everything like that. I wasn't too sure where the, um, sport was really going. And so, um, I reached back out to them and was like, Hey, like, what does the season look like? What's entailed? You know, like, let's have a bit of a plan. So I know what's going on. And they're like, look, because of COVID, we're going to actually do a training camp in Korea. And, um, it's only going to be for a couple of months. It looks like it's going to be in the off season for CrossFit. So I think that this could be a, a potential opportunity for you to come and meet the team and, and get a bit of a grasp of what, what's really required. And so Shane and I were like, yep, we're in, let's go. We booked our flights. We, you know, went and got our visa and everything sorted. And we went and spent two months over in South Korea training with the Australian bobsled team. And, um, and I was training and learning how to be a brakeman for the Australian bobsled team. What, wait a minute. Explain what a brakeman is. And a pilot. And, and why you would want okay. to go down an ice tube at <laughs> 90 million miles an hour. Oh, my God. It's so exhilarating. Um, we're going like we're going like 85 miles an hour. It's, mm. nope. it's awesome. Um, <laughs> and you have to have a lot of trust. So, basically, for a female, so they have, they have two races. One is a two-man bobsled, which has your pilot, who is your steerer. And then you have your brakeman, who is the power behind the sled and also the person that pulls the sled and, and stops it at the very end of the race. That surprises me and that they would put you in the power position, though. I, I'd assume you'd just be along for the ride, <laughs> just steering, yeah. just casually just being there. Yeah. I mean, I did get an opportunity to jump in that pilot seat, and holy shit, like that was epic. Oh, like, yeah. I don't want to see. I, I just want to put my head down. Yeah. 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 Oh. Well, and then you also have a mono bob race, which is just the pilot, and they will push, they'll drive, and they'll break themselves. Um, and that's actually a requirement to actually qualify for the Olympics. Because the Olympics is next February in 2022, I don't have the ability to, you know, do the required hours and everything as a pilot. So um, really my only option is to just be a brakeman. Um, but... I mean, for me, it, it's like an incredible experience. And so um, I basically from there um, learned how to do the push. So there's a specific technique um, mm. to actually like hit and you you run on the ice with like these ice spikes. So they're like really, really sharp and nothing like a track spike. They're like these really sharp spikes that will dig into the ice and allow you to actually have like some solid surface and and um and grip on the ice and you'll um pretty much drive your sprint for about either it depends on the track but 15 meters to about 30 meters and basically like that is the crux and that is like the most important part of the race because obviously the more powerful mm. the more speed you have and the the better velocity you have for your race um and then my pilot as soon as i jump into the sled it is up to my pilot to get us down safely. So I have, I have no control over the sled mm. and it's a, it's a very high chance of actually crashing. 
Um, but you know, I've made peace with that and, and I understand what I'm getting myself into and accept anything that comes, but I literally just jump in, put my head down between my legs and just wait until I feel the, the end. I can't see anything. I can actually open my eyes and I'll see like the track through the break, but I literally have no control over what happens. It's just all faith in my pilot and getting us Gosh, down. That is a so, lot so of dumb faith. question, but how do you know when to pull the brakes? Does he, t- does your pilot say, Hey, let's go. No. So <laughs> hey, some, Tia, wake up. But I actually have to memorize the track. So oh. I have to like go off feel and like, I'll know, and I'll count the turns every time that we go around. Um, and, you know, obviously, like, the more you do the track, the better you get at it, and it's, like, not as stressful. But, you know, like, the first couple, you're like, oh, shit, I don't know. We're yeah. done. Like, mm. because if I put my head up, one, I'm slowing the, the, the race down, but also um, the the G-forces that are, like, smashing in the back of my, my neck is – it's pretty severe. Jeez. Mm. So – I, I'm thinking through now, like this there, is real life, real life, cool runnings right now, right? There, like, what, what do you think about that? Track, this is holding my own hands. <laughs> my legs are crossing over my own hands. There's like bro- brothers, don't me. go down ice. No, we don't go down ice. Like sorry, we're, we're trying to have a conversation with our guests here. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. We were just she talking, lost me. We were just yeah. <laughs> you start talking about negative temperatures. Oh, negative I'm temperatures, out. cold. I can't see. No, not happening. Uh, but we were just talking see. about how realistic Cool Runnings is. The, the movie Cool Runnings. Oh, yeah. You know, feel the yeah. rhythm, feel the flow. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so you've actually had some success. You you just recently, or you won a, your first, was it your first race that you guys actually yes. won? That's awesome. Yeah. So what is yeah. that, that feeling of victory cool. compared to uh, CrossFit Games? So this, okay. So <laughs> everything question. that I've been talking about today has been... Um, it's all been about, you know, just purely taking that ownership and also taking, um, taking everything and putting it into my own control. Um, and the thing with bobsled, which is one of the things that actually makes me enjoy it a lot more is I actually have to, for the first time in my life, trust in my pilot Mm -hmm. to not just get me down safely, but to actually execute the race. So essentially, and the way I kind of have looked at it is you look at a coach, right? And if the athlete of that coach performs poorly, it's the coach's fault. But if the athlete performs incredible, it's because the athlete did all the work. Mm, wow. And how I look at that is, you know, it, it sucks to be the coach because they're going to get criticized right. if their athlete doesn't perform, but they'll get no credit when mm their athlete does perform and essentially it's the exact same thing as the bobsled so if the brakeman doesn't perform and they have a slow race down the track it's on the brakeman it's all the brakeman's fault because she didn't hit hard enough but if they have a really good hit and they have a really good run it's all the pilot's Mm. Um, mm. it's it, like it's because of the pilot. She did a good run, you know. She um she executed that race to the best of her abilities, and and it and she mm. gets all the credit. And I don't mind. I've I I like that. I don't normally, obviously, being in the athlete position where it's like you know I get a lot of the credit when it comes down to what Shane and I have done over our, right. our career. 
but I'm okay with that because the way I look at it is like, you know, as long as I'm doing my job, job right, yeah. I'm going to set my pilot up for the absolute best possibility. That's a great mindset and, to have. Well, and, but we, it's the only mindset that you can have in yeah. order to be successful. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to be fulfilling my dreams and my goals as if I'm setting up my pilot to the absolute best for her. Um, and so, you know, I think you need to take that ego, you need to take that selfishness out and you need to really rely on your team. And I mean, you guys, you guys are the masters of this, right? Like you have to rely on your teammates to help you achieve your goal. And I think that that's what a lot of people forget when it comes to teams. They're like, Oh, it's always fun. It's always, you know, um, a, a breeze to, to be a team player on, on a on a professional team. Well, it's not because you have a lot of external things that are out of your control that only you can kind of try and help. Yeah. Essentially, you yeah. Know what I mean? But you, but that mindset. Um, let's think about it. Like let, let's let's take another point. athlete. Let's take another great athlete, uh, a Floyd Mayweather, mm-hmm. who's played, who's done an individual sport his entire life. Do you think Floyd Mayweather would join a – you know what I mean? That's what I was you just going to say. It, it's amazing the dynamic of you've gone for the last however many years of your life in such an individual, quote-unquote, individual sport and taking the credit, and, and now, now you've got to sacrifice. Like, that's such a huge life Literally lesson. and metaphorically that's, take a back seat. Yeah, take, take a back, back seat. seat. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's, yeah. A, that's an yeah. amazing life lesson right there. Yeah. We, I mean, our objective, and I, I'm not ashamed to admit it, our objective is to, to qualify for the Olympics. But I, day one, my team knew that I wasn't there just to make the Olympics. It's getting to the Olympics is a part of the process. It's actually now performing and, you know, being a competitor at the Olympics. You know, we want to – could. Australia has a bobsled team. Like, who even knew, right? It is exactly like the Jamaican bobsled team. But that doesn't mean that we're freaking going to just come in, like, last place. That means that we're going to, you know, we're going to compete against Canada, the U.S., Germany, and we're going to make them, like, your, try, your, you're going to have to be at their absolute best to beat us. Yeah, you said it nicely. You said it nicely. Okay, so it's we're we're gonna we're gonna speak that into existence. You're gonna you're gonna do well at the Olympics. How about CrossFit? What's the future of CrossFit look like for you? Uh, and then what about family? What what does that look like going into the future? Yeah. Um. So the twenty twenty one CrossFit Games, if everything with the pandemic and everything, um, you know, goes to plan and it happens on the last week of July, first week of August. Um, obviously the, the objective and, and the plan is to be on top of that podium. Um, but this year I also want Brooke Wells to be number, number two. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I want us to be a force to be reckoned with, you know, I want us to go in there and, and stamp our ground and our authority and, um, know our competitors will know that, you know, we mean business. Mm. Um, and then, in terms of family, you know, like Shane and I, we've been together for such a long time. Um, and we definitely want to have a family one day. Um, but I don't think that right now is, is suitable, you know, especially with having um, the CrossFit Games around the corner and then the Olympics as well in February. 
um, that's as far as I've really been looking. I think yeah. it's important for an athlete to not get overwhelmed and, yeah. and too consumed of what, what can happen in the future rather than just be present. And I think that it's important that we just take one goal at a time. So the next objective is the CrossFit Games. Once that's done, it's uh, basically bobsled training, get tick off the Olympics, and then um, and then we'll have to reassess and, and go from there. Now, I'm a little. We're a little upset at Matt because we had him on the podcast, and he didn't tell us he was retiring. Yes. I mean, and, and he made that decision like three yeah. weeks later. Uh, yeah, so even. if we find out in three weeks that 2021 is your last season, we're going to be upset. Yeah, and, and then she didn't break the news here. And then officially, no more CrossFitters because apparently yeah. we would then be bad luck. We, <laughs> Come on, Darren, well, what's the show? Then and, you retire. Yeah. And we only speak the champions. Let's That's, be honest. That is true. That is true. That's amazing. Um, no, no, no. I can reassure you guys that you won't be getting an announcement in three weeks' time. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so w- one last thing, and 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 we just we appreciate so much the time that you spent with us this has been an incredible uh incredible conversation but i want to go back to the mindset that you had and it, it kind of hit me because uh i think so many people feel this and and then they can watch you on tv and think oh my gosh she's got it figured out she's just super talented like she just she was just made to be there and i don't have a chance and i'm not worthy but you had those same thoughts in your head after second place, like I'm not worthy of this or I'm not good enough or I'm not this. I mean, you, for crying out loud, got second place at the CrossFit games, the second fittest person on the planet. And you're still having those, those thoughts, but talk through, you know, to those listening out there that that are doubting themselves, that don't think that they're worthy, that don't think you've had those thoughts as well and talk through, okay, how do I take those and make something positive out of it and not let it consume me and stop me from achieving my goals? Because you reacted in a way that brought positive results as opposed to, I think so many people will say, I'm just not good enough, and then they quit and they stop. So talk Mm -hmm. us through how to use that and turn it to a positive. I think, you know, there's a lot of different motivations throughout my whole career um, that I've utilized, you know, one being those, those negative comments, those keyboard warriors, you know, that don't think that I have what it takes. And it's like, okay, I'll fucking show you. you Darren, Darren's one of them. The haters. <laughs> the haters. Yeah. You yeah. know, you, you want to, you want to turn something that like, you know, like who is that person and who does, who are they to, to mm-hmm. tell me that I can't achieve something? So, taking that kind of approach and turning it and flipping it to use as motivation and, and something as, as a good form of motivation can really fire you up. But I also think you have to ask yourself is why do you want to do this? You know, I constantly ask myself like, what is my purpose? Like, what do I want my legacy to be? And you know, what is important to me? And for me personally, you know, every year it's changed. It's evolved. When I very first started, I was like, yeah, I want to go to the Olympics because when I was a little girl, I thought that was such a cool accomplishment. And when I have my kids later in life, I want to tell them the stories of, you know, how mum went to the Olympics one day and represented Australia. And then the next year, it was a different why, but it was similar. It was more so for Shane and for my family and for the people that have sacrificed so much for me to be where I am. And every year it just it changes it evolves you know there's something different but I always have to ask myself before the start of the season is why do I want to do this 
you know, it, it helps with my determination. It helps with my desire and it helps with me when it comes to those really tough days and, you know, the days that I don't want to, you know, go and do a hard session at the gym, I'll think back to, no, 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 I need to do this in order to be successful at this so that I can achieve this and it's going to pay off in the end. And I think that it's really important for you to have those internal conversations with yourself, whether you write them down, whether you talk to someone really important to you, that you you actually ask yourself that. Because if you didn't and you didn't have that, when it does come to those hard days and those tough moments in your life, those defining moments in your life, you can't, you, you don't have that fire or you don't have that willpower to just keep going. You just, okay, well, you know, I don't have anything important enough to fight for. So why am I even doing this? Mm. And, you know, it's for me, it's become this whole thing about why, why just be great? Why settle at great when you can become unstoppable? Mm. <laughs> I mean, we, should we, we just hey, shut it off? That's right it. There? Yeah. I'm going to replay You get your I'm one a, question. I'm going to replay it. that over and over yeah. after this. Yeah. That was <laughs> <laughs> Well, Tia, thank you so, so much for the time you've taken. Ben's going to hit you with our last banger here. And uh, we just we just want you to to like understand how appreciative we are yeah. and how much of a fan we are of you and and honestly Thank just you. biggest cheerleader as you go to the games this year and the Olympics yeah. we're gonna we're gonna be watching and, and rooting you on and we'll have to meet up in St Louis uh, at first form and and yeah. um, we'll watch you work out while we just <laughs> <laughs> I'm, too I'm, I'm too nervous I'm too nervous jumping in there I'm yeah. jumping in there I know because you're you, we're doing Fran yeah, you know because he let everybody know right. <laughs> He's way more motivated yeah. than the other two of us. So Tia, we are yeah. full of shit. There's no one going to join you in those workouts. I'm, we will watch. I'm too nervous to move those weights because if those weights, if I don't set those weights back up right, uh-uh. uh uh-uh. Uncle, Uncle Andy's going to come slap that hand. Give us I a- 100% want to get these guys in a workout and Sal and Andy because every time I've been there, they've just gone and done their bicep curls. Oh, and I'm uh, hey, they're, they're, cur- they're curls and walk. Hey, they're curls and walk. Hey, sit, and, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. AMRAP curls and bench press. That, that's that's and the workout for Sal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, I mean, la- Shane's one hundred percent for the whole bicep. Oh, I love it. For yeah. Me, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that really would be a riot though. Us three, Andy, Sal, and you, Tia, in a workout. That and, would be pretty hilarious. Tia, for sure, the last one standing. <laughs> the rest of us just scattered all over the floor. <laughs> all right, last question, and then I want to echo Tyler and Darren, and, and so much. We appreciate your time. You didn't have to do this, obviously. Uh, and people don't always live up to what you play in your head that they're going to be, and you have you didn't far either. exceeded it. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't either. You disappointed us. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. No, but you you are above and beyond everything we expected, so thank you so much. But last thank question. You. As you look back, as, as 2021 version of Tia looks back on her life, and you can go back and you could tell yourself one thing, where do you go and what do you tell yourself? I think I would tell myself is just stay true to yourself, stay true to your values. Always remember to never forget where you came from. And I, if you can go to bed knowing that throughout the day, throughout your training, throughout who you interacted with, you know, you stay true to who you are as a person you put your absolute best for that particular day out there, then 
nothing can go wrong. And I think that, you know, you can go to bed having that confidence that you were kind and genuine to the people that you interacted with and you, you know, you left people making them feel good mm-hmm. and making them feel like they were important because, you know, everyone has interactions with so many different people throughout the day and it's easy to get caught up in what's going on in your own world. Whereas, you know, they may have like a bad day or whatever, but if you can stay true to your values. And for me, I think it's very important that every interaction that I have with someone, they always have a good interaction even if that means that I'm just having a terrible day, then I know that I'm, I'm being a good person and, you know, mm-hmm. that's going to, it's only going to turn over and, and, and make that day better for you mm-hmm. as well. Sure. Um, and I think that, you know, if I can leave the gym knowing that I did my absolute best in training that day, I got that much better then. I'm going to be satisfied with who I am and what I've done. And, you know, you can't ask for more. So be kind, stay true to your values and just keep putting in the work. You know what I love about that answer is that question is about you and you turned it into other people. That just shows your heart oh. and, and, and your and your love okay. for people. That's awesome. Yeah. For a moment there, I was like, Tia, you're rambling. Oh no, my God. No, 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 no. That was perfect. That you was know, perfect. You know, not only are you the, the, the fittest person on earth, but your mental toughness, like it just yeah. speaks so loudly. Gosh. Yeah, we ain't, it, we ain't shit, boys. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but, but it speaks to, the, to it's our listeners. first time Ben's cussed on this show, by <laughs> exactly. the way. Thanks, yeah. thanks you, to you. You brought it out of me. Yeah, you brought it out of me. It's the Australian in me. But I want to say this because there's there's this this – episode in this interview today it speaks so loudly to everyone not just young mm-hmm. ladies it, it, yeah. myself everyone it speaks to everyone about not just the physical side of it but the mental toughness to overcome and to get yourself in a position to where there you don't take no bullshit from anyone and you put it on extreme ownership on you to get the job done and tia tia claire to me we appreciate or, you today i mean really do we appreciate this the, the lesson today no, it was it was an honor to be a part of your show and um thank you keep doing what you're doing uh, thank, thank you so much you. we'll talk soon hopefully see you in person soon yeah that would be awesome all right <laughs> take Thanks. care bye